found it. This is the Tidbits Podcast with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. It's a hump day edition of Tidbits. This is the uh, seventh day of the month of June, a Wednesday. Matthew, good morning. Yes, good morning, Dale. Good to see you once again. It's good to be seen, my friend. It's good to be seen. You know, we have the controversy. There's that guy in California that says he bought that ticket that Edwin Castro actually uh, won. Mm -hmm. Well, the State Lottery Commission has challenged to release video of Edwin Castro buying that $2 billion winning ticket by one of the men at the center of the lawsuit claiming he's not the rightful winner. Jose Rivera claims in a lawsuit that he bought that ticket and it was stolen by another fella, Irachi Reggie Romero, before it ended up in Castro's possession and he cashed it in. The Lottery Commission has filed to get itself removed from the messy civil suit, saying they did make all the necessary checks to ensure Castro was the rightful winner before awarding that prize. Romero urged, please release the video because... All that it will show is Jose buying that ticket and a pack of Marlboros. <laughs> Had to get the smokes. Yep. In California, they're probably about 15 bucks. I can't imagine how much they are. Romero added that he thought the Lottery Commission was just trying to cover their butts, we'll say, by trying to back out of Rivera's lawsuit. Rivera says in his suit he bought the ticket from Joe's Service Center and Altadena, California. Same location as Castro. Same location. But again, Castro's already got the dough. He's already spending it. Yeah. <laughs> he's, already, he's already got a mansion. He already bought the house. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a day late and a dollar short, buddy. <laughs> it seems like it wouldn't be that hard to figure out who bought what at what time. No, it wouldn't. You know? And I don't understand how this continues to go on, but it... It does, and I, you know, I suppose, you know, two billion dollars. I guess, you know, hey, <laughs> even if Castro gave him half, it, uh, it's like, oh yeah. So is that what you do from now on? You just you start challenging lottery I, winners? I guess so. Hey, you stole that from me. And according to this guy, there's three involved: Castro, the guy that's pronounced the actual winner, and mm-hmm. two other fellows. And I, you know, I don't know. But again, if the video shows. Because that ticket would probably say the minute it was bought, right? I yeah. mean, uh, yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, was he in line with Castro at the time? You know, it's just, I don't know. So, who knows? And how much is it costing that guy to even challenge this? Right. And is there that bad of an attorney out there that says, okay, he takes it because he thinks if he wins, ching, he gets a big jackpot. Because, you know, attorneys take a pretty good chunk of your change when you use them. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll probably never really see this come to an end. The big winner in this is the state of California. Yeah. <laughs> They're bailing. They're getting out. This is a sad news here. The average renter in 11 U.S. markets must make a six-figure annual salary to avoid being classified a rent burden. Rent would be a burden to them. That, according to a new report released Tuesday, 
At the end of April, the study said the largest salary needed to dodge the rent burden label, 131563 bucks in San Jose. Jeez. you got to earn that in order to not be burdened by paying rent. That's a lot of I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. The average renter also needed to make at least a hundred grand a year in New York, of course, Miami, San Fran, San Diego. These are places that say it's great to raise a family. By the way, yeah, <laughs> which is so confusing because they, you're right; they're at the top of every oh great place to raise your kids. Oxnard, California, Boston, Los Angeles, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Honolulu and Riverside, California. So many of them in California. Researchers said the Sunshine State continues to dominate the list of most overpriced markets in the country. Cape Coral, Fort Myers, Miami, Northport, Bradenton, and Deltona all ranked in the top. So if you know you got to be pretty wealthy with your, uh, as they would say, you're a Q-tip living in Florida. You've got white hair. You're old. <laughs> You're a Q-tip. So where in the U.S. does the cost of housing uh, remain low? Here we go. Okay. Where you can live. And again, you got to live out in the middle of nowhere, basically. <laughs> Wichita, Kansas. Wichita, Kansas. There you go. <laughs> the average renter needs to make just less than forty grand there. Nice. Just less than forty grand. There you go. McAllen, Texas. The next least rent-burdened area requiring an annual salary of less than forty-eight. So you even jump eight grand, basically, between yeah. the lowest and next lowest. I was a lineman <laughs> for the county. <laughs> I, knew you're, I knew it. I knew that was coming. Although Wichita <laughs> lineman <laughs> is still on the line. Lynn Campbell. Yep. <laughs> yes, indeed. I guess the linemen there don't need to make a lot to live. I guess not. Okay, so. Which okay, so to be fair, these are these are probably towns of a certain size, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's not like I mean, I'm, I'm sure that our numbers are probably similar to Wichita here, right? I would think Wichita's larger, of course. Yeah. But um, you know, in the Midwest, it's genuinely slower. Yeah. With the exceptions of places like Chicago. So I wonder. I wonder. Okay, so if you are. Least rent burdened yeah. at one hundred and thirty-one thousand dollars. Like, what are you getting for that? You know what I mean. Like, what is yeah. that? What is your rent, and what are you getting? That's a good question. It can't be good. Like, it can't be that much. <laughs> because if you're raising a family in these ideal places, that's and right. There were a few of them on that list. Uh huh. You know, you're going to need at least what a three bedroom place. At the, you got two kids. You well, I mean, at the very rooms. least, probably a two bedroom. At least, you know, you know, maybe bunk beds for the boy and the girl. Yeah. I you know, I don't know, but that's a lot of money to have to earn to to not be burdened by rent, mm-hmm. and that's just rent. Yeah. You live in California. You got to have nice vehicles. Or is that someone just living by themselves? Is it making a hundred and thirty-one? Yeah. It might be. I don't know. Where you get to, you know, a hot plate, your bed pulls out of the wall, you know, you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Communal showers down the hallway. 
Wouldn't that be the worst? Oh, my gosh. You know, I think back to college now, and I think, what the? (laughs) Why is that okay? Why is that okay? I mean, we all had to go to this, you know. Each floor had, you know, I was in a dorm. You trot down there, you you know, and it's like, what the? My dorm had suites, so we shared. No kidding. Yeah, we had four guys that shared one bathroom. Not us. It was great. Of course. Because I was going, you know, we still had a trough. You know, it's. <laughs> is that, is that and what? again, why is that okay? You know what I mean? All right, boys. <laughs> Not even a partition or anything in no. the shower area. No, it's just, you know? you're just out there. And it's like, you know, there you are, you know. And, you know, I don't care how, who you are, you know. Most of us have some sort of inclination that we'd kind of like to shower alone, you know? Yeah. You don't really want to be... So you so try why, to... why is that okay? Why is it... Why did... <laughs> why is that okay? Yeah, it's like, you know? And that's one of the worst things you probably endure as a, as a middle school kid. You know, you gotta shower after PE. You gotta. <laughs> Not anymore. So they don't make you. It used to be. Yeah. You got it. Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) And again, why was it okay? All right, boys. Hit the showers. It's just weird, man. And there was nothing, you know. At least in the bathrooms, you had, you know, stalls if you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But the urinals, of course, they, you know. I don't. I don't know. So they don't have to do that. No. Okay. So you can come out a sweaty mess. Let's yeah. say you're playing dodgeball. Yeah. Okay. You're just a sweaty mess. Yeah. You don't have to shower. Go, go go to class. But but you can if you please. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the details. <laughs> you know because you you always had your school pictures taken after. Yeah, that was always that was always fun. <laughs> I had PE and then we took pictures immediately afterwards. So. I have several school pictures where I look like a <laughs> hair's all wet, <laughs> blotchy skin. It's great. He's just saying that, folks. That was actually bro cream. He was outdated. <laughs> he just <laughs> picture day. Oh, get the bro cream out. Get the, the bro cream. <laughs> Mom would do my hair. <laughs> get that ducktail combed. Six thirty-seven. This is Tidbits. We're back with Tidbits. A hump day. It is a Wednesday, isn't it? I think it is. Uh, Yes, it is. Seventh day of June. Well, a Bud Light update. We've been doing this since the beginnings. Their sales heading into Memorial Day weekend were down Nearly 24% from 2022, but it remains America's best-selling beer still. No kidding. So it's lost that much, but no. it's still number one. So they had that Jeez. much lead, evidently. Gosh. The Memorial Day weekend numbers marked a mild improvement over previous weeks, suggesting the beer has weathered the worst of the fallout from their big deal. Forbes reports that some analysts believe Anheuser-Busch <laughs> may see a permanent 15% decline in sales, but that this decline could also make it an attractive stock purchase. Hmm. See, you and I could jump in on huh? it. Right, because right. it has nowhere to go but up. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. 
Miller Lite has seen a 26% sales boost and Coors Light up by 23%. Bud Light led with 35% of the market, the entire market of uh, sales, well ahead of number two, Coors Light at 22%. Mm. So they've gained that much and they're still that far behind. (laughs) How's that happen? Do people really like Bud Light? Think about how much money Anheuser-Busch has poured into that brand. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's It's, millions and tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars. That's what happens. I guess. But yeah, I think back many, many years ago, Miller Lite was real heavy on that. Less taste, more more filling, more, uh, you know. They did that uh, comparative Miller Lite when that first came out. Yeah. Light beer when it first hit the market. Yep. Yeah. Now Bud Light's dominating. Mm-hmm. And you know it's only got uh, what one more calorie, you know, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Here's another idiot tourist at Jellystone could end up in jail because of some videos of him running up to bears. <laughs> oh no! Which park officials say is against that's against the law. Against the law. Yellowstone Rangers are looking for this tourist who's going viral for uh, hopping out of his car and charging at a bear. In the footage, the bear runs from the tourist into the woods. The man then turns back to the cameras, ripping his shirt and flexing. He's an ignoramus. The National Park Service has strict rules in place at Yellowstone where visitors are required to stay at least, (laughs) okay, and again, these numbers vary every time we do it. Now it's yeah. 100 yards yeah. from bears and other animals. Now, before it was 25 yards. One time it was 25 feet. Okay, it's just <laughs> Yellowstone. Uh. Officials have seen the video and say they're investigating. The man could face man criminal charges for disturbing wildlife, disorderly conduct, and approaching wildlife. I just, I just watched the video, and he does. He the the bear is maybe maybe twenty yards from his car, okay, in sort of an open patch. All right, and um, he does. He hops out, runs real fast toward it. The bear darts for the woods, and then he turns back and he rips his shirt off and flexes like he's, you know, yeah, George of the Jungle. <laughs> the bear then comes back out. Oh, and he, you know, like lunges at it again, and the bear goes back in the woods. <clears throat> is it a big one or a little? I would call it medium. Okay. Medium bear. Medium-sized bear. Okay. So that was the second bear that tried the bed and the porridge. <laughs> the, yes. uh, the guy could face $5,000 in fines, thrown in jail for up to six months if he's convicted on this misdemeanor charge. So they're looking for him. Don't be a wise guy and do that. Why, why do people have to mess with stuff? It just makes no sense to me. I don't know. I, I have no desire to do anything like that at all. No. And what would have he have done if the bear would have said, hey, I'm not scared of you, bam. Would charge back yeah. at him, you know. Now, that'd be interesting. That would be interesting. You know, <laughs> you know we've talked about this before, self-driving cars. that mm. says they contribute to traffic congestion and could potentially be hazardous due to their liability to comprehend human behavior. Inability. Inability. Yeah. Inability. 
I said liability. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess they are liable. They would be a, yeah, they would be a liability. A new study finds that these autonomous vehicles struggle to interpret the subtle human social signals that inform driving decisions. See, it's not seeing that. It's it, it's not seeing that, man. Uh, okay. No, it's not. But it's also not seeing the go ahead. Yeah. No, you come. No, yeah. no, you go. Yeah. No, no, you go. Because oftentimes, for instance, at four-way stops. Yeah. Everyone's staring at each other. Yes. Then everybody halts at the same time, makes a move. Yes. Then they all stop because <laughs> it happens here yeah, all the time, quite often, all the time. Or what I what I love, my my favorite thing is no one quite understands how to deal with someone turning left. Yes, I hate that. You know what I mean? Because you know I'm going straight. Yeah. Now I've been there for a while. Yes. Waiting. Yeah. The guy over there, he's turning left. Yes. For some reason, he thinks I'm, no, he's been there longer. I'm going to use that as the example because yeah. he's been there longer. Yeah. He gets to go. It's not the case. No. If you're turning left, you give you basically give up all your rights. But in this town, yeah, it's free for all. It, it truly is, and I, I just hate it. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm turning left, and someone you waves know, you on, why? Like, just go. Just go. Want to get? You have the right of way. <laughs> my wife will. My wife will. She will refuse. Like if someone, if she's turning <laughs> left and someone waves her on, she'll put her car in park. Because if she goes and that dude decides to, to, I know, you know, bam, it's, I know, you know, if someone waves you around, you're driving slowly, yeah, and you know it's a passable area, right? They wave you and you wreck, you know, you're you're responsible for waving them by, you know. So I don't know. I know. A key example of this uh, issue with these self, you know, driving cars. Deciding whether to yield or proceed. Okay, so. There you go. A decision that humans typically make swiftly and intuitively. However, self-driving cars consistently fail to interpret human behavior in traffic. As a result, their reactions can lead to traffic congestion and aggravate other road users. That's exactly what we need. More aggravation. Yes. My car's telling me not to go. If we're so reliant on GPS and drive into water, okay, are you going to be so reliant on this car to... See, I think, okay, I, I, I kind of have the same thoughts on this that I do with flying cars. Okay, flying cars, yes. Okay, I think it's not going to be a thing until we have the technology to where everybody has it and everybody's using it. And then that way the cars can communicate with each other, yeah. not us. Right. Make sense? Yeah. It does. Because if I'm driving one and you're driving one and the two cars are like, hey, there's a car, <laughs> but, you know. But I'm going to be the dude still driving a jalopy in that era. It's true. Okay. <laughs> Mine won't be, you know. Mine's gas powered. <laughs> okay. It's polluting the place. <laughs> Probably smoking because it'll be, it'll the be rings illegal. are It'll be illegal. <laughs> Naolo arrested for driving <laughs> combustion engine today. This uh, <laughs> there, there's your there's your mugshot. I'll take a good one. <laughs> this uh, and again, this is very concerning. Splenda, brand name for what they call sucralose, 
Okay. Often added to diet soda pop and baked goods, chewing yeah. gum, gelatins, frozen desserts. But sucralose has been found to be genito- uh, genitoxic, genitoxic, meaning it breaks apart the DNA and chromosomes, thus leading to cancer. Wow. Now, we had issues years ago with uh, what's in the pink packs. What's that called? Oh, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, but that was cancer-causing. Was it saccharin? Yeah, saccharin. Yeah. But again, you know, uh, huge doses, because some people were just, it's like it's diet soda, you know? It's like, I see people that drink 18, 19 a day. I know. I don't know how they do it. So if you do this in the human body, sucralose breaks down into a compound called sucralose 6-acetate. I'm doing pretty well today with words, <laughs> which can damage to the lining of the intestine. Wow. Other studies have found that sucralose can adversely affect gut health. Hmm. So anyway, wow. these diet substitute sugars have always had issues. And I don't understand. You know, it's like people drinking diet soda. I've always heard that it actually does the opposite of helping you lose weight. If you drink excessive amounts, you gain weight. Is it? Hold on, real quick. Someone okay. just texted in the right. word aspartame. Aspartame. Yeah. Aspartame. Yeah. That's Aspar- all they. Aspartame. I think. Yeah. Was that another bad one that we might have been? Yeah. Okay. What it was called? This is Splenda. Yeah. It had a name, a specific name. Yeah. It's still out there, I think. Mm. You know, it's yeah. like everything else. You know, there's still baby powder out there. Go ahead. <laughs> no, so okay, if you're drinking a diet yeah. drink, yeah. Are you overcompensating with your food? You know what I mean. I don't know. Maybe is that, is that what I, was that why you gain weight? I, I just think that there's ill effects of the elements in diet drinks and those types of of sweetenings that that in huge consumption reverse what the intended purpose is. I guess sweet and low. Someone texted sweet, sweet and low. low. That's there it. Yeah, that was a big one. I think it's still out there, but. I just don't know why. What's wrong if 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 it's if it's a teaspoon of sugar? Okay, one lousy teaspoon. Yeah, is that going to kill you with regular sugar? Do you have to use six packs of saccharin? Okay, saccharin. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know. And that stuff's sweeter than normal sugar anyway. I I use stevia. Okay. Which now, is, is, plant- it, is it on the list? It's plant based. Okay. So it's uh, it's it comes from nature. Okay. Are you sure you're good? Yeah. <laughs> well, you may hear this voice on the television. <laughs> if you've ever, <laughs> if you've ever consumed, it's just you may be entitled to compensation. <laughs> it never ends with that stuff. Yeah, I know. So anyway, be advised that if you're using Splenda, they have now determined that it damages DNA and causes cancer. So. Just not good. And on that happy note. Well, let me see if I can find a happy quick. A quick happy. This is kind of funny. An Illinois woman caught with her pants down after she took a tumble on the gym treadmill. I saw this video. (laughs) I mean, it's the poor girl got hurt. Yeah. But it's got, you know, if you're there, if you're there at the gym and I'm across the way because, you know, I'm giving her space and I want to give her the creeps. (laughs) You don't want to be the weird guy. Yeah. And I see that. That's that's pretty amusing. That she pretty fell amazing. off. It ripped her britches down. Yeah. 
But she did get hurt a little. Oh, no. So, anyway, there you go. I'll, and I'll, on that note, I'll see you tomorrow. Right, see ya. This has been Tidbits with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We appreciate you listening, and we ask that you consider subscribing, leave a comment, leave a like, and thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you again next time on Tidbits.